Acts chapter number 3 is where we'll be at today. We began last Sunday night, we said we were going to kind of bear down on our theme for the year. Hands to the plow from Luke 9, 62. No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And last Sunday night we said, we preached a message entitled that, or excuse me, it's why he left us here. It's why he left us here in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. The Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And we spoke about a divine purpose, and that is to be a witness to the world. We spoke about a divine power, that is the Holy Spirit. We spoke about a divine period. Uh, God gives us right now, and that period is either going to end either by death or the rapture. And God gives us a divine period right now. We don't know how much time that is. We don't know how long that is. And so while He gives us that amount of time, we need to keep our hands to the plow. We need to stay at it. Uh, We need to continue to serve and do what God has called us to do. And so I want to continue that thought this morning here in Acts chapter number 3. And I hope you found your place. And if you're physically able, if you'll stand with me. And we'll read the first eight verses in Acts chapter number 3. We'll allow the children to be dismissed at this time for junior church and for toddler church this morning. Acts chapter number 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, kind of gave him a shock. This probably isn't what he thought he was going to hear. The Bible says he looked on them. He was expecting to receive something from them, alms, money, something that was going to help him. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, by the way, how many of you are singing in your mind right now that song? Any of you know that little kid song? Verse number 7, and he took it. Maybe we ought to sing it. Yeah, Who does know it? All right, raise your hand real high if you know it. All right, they're going to come and lead it for it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Josiah could do it, couldn't you, man? Yeah, he could do it. Verse 7, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And for the next few minutes, I want to preach to us on this subject. We have something better for you. We have something better for you. Father, help us and teach us. Remind us today. Father, I do pray. Father, I pray. If there be an individual in here today, or or maybe even two, or maybe even several, Father, I, I don't know hearts. I know testimonies. And I know what people have said. But Father, I don't know hearts. You do. And if there would be individuals here today without Christ... Father, I pray that today 
they would leave here walking and leaping and praising God. And I pray that today they would come to Christ. It's not about what we do. It's not about how good we are. It's not about all the money that we give. Father, it's about what Christ has already done. And Father, I pray that we would be reminded of that or maybe, maybe that would be the first time that someone hears that truth today. It's not about what we do. It's about what your son already did. And Father, we praise your name for that today. Father, we're thankful that we have salvation not based upon our good works. We have salvation based upon the blood of Christ. And Father, I pray that you'd remind us and teach us and help us with that truth today. Father, help our children. I pray the same for them if there would be children who need to be saved today. Father, may today be their day of salvation. Father, help those that are away from us today. Father, we have many sick today. We have a number traveling today. And Lord, we just pray that you put your hand of healing and protection upon all of them, no matter the reason that they're away, and bring them back to us at the next appointed time. Father, we'll thank you and praise you for it. Help us again. We commit these next few moments to you, Lord. We ask that you'd bless. We ask your Holy Spirit would have freedom to move. Father, may your word be preached, not in the power of the flesh today, but in the power of the Spirit. Father, may your word go forth in truth and clarity today. And we'll thank you for what you'll do in these next few moments. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. A divine purpose, a divine power, and a divine period. And we'll find that these apostles, for the remainder of their lives, gave themselves wholly to that. Did they have other responsibilities? Did they have other things that they had to care for? Did they have families that they had to take care of? Absolutely. Did they have other responsibilities that they had to care for? Absolutely. Just like each one of us today, we have families to take care of. We have other responsibilities to take care of. But these men gave themselves wholly, gave their lives to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That divine purpose that Christ left them with in Acts chapter 1 verse number 8, it never left them. That doesn't mean that we say today that those men were absolutely perfect, that they never sinned again. We know even in the book of Acts, and we'll probably get to it about the middle of the book of Acts, we understand that the Apostle Paul and Peter, the Apostle Paul confronted Peter to his face about something that he was wrong about. And we know that that Paul and Barnabas and Paul and Mark, there were issues and we we understand all of that but they gave themselves wholly the excuse me to the divine purpose for which Christ had left them here in Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 their hands were to the plow because they possessed that which money could not buy they possessed something which money could not buy nor satisfy They possessed Christ and His message of salvation. And notice what the Bible says in Acts chapter number 3. In verse number 6, Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But notice the next phrase. But such as I have. What did he have? He had Christ. And he had the message of Christ. And he says, But such as I have, give I thee. I don't have silver and gold. Lame man, I, I, I can't pitch anything into your bucket. But I can give you something that's better than that. And by the way, we, we, even, in our, in a, even in our 21st century American churches, 
we have gotten the idea that money is better. We've got the idea that money is better than the message. And if we have enough money, then we can, we can do more and we can have better media and we can have better mediums through which to give the gospel. And by the way, that is true. We have more mediums today through which to give the gospel than anybody ever has. But we've gotten to the point where we think it's just, it's money, it's money, it's money. And hey, we've got money, we're okay. No, 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 it's the message. And it's always the message. And Peter says, hey, hey friend, I have something better for you. You're here because you're begging alms and you need silver and gold. The Bible says that he was lame from his mother's womb. He couldn't work. He couldn't do anything. He's there begging and he's there at the temple. What a better place to be than at the temple because, hey, people going in, they got money. They got money they're bringing to give. Where better to lay than at the temple gate, at the gate beautiful. By the way, it was a beautiful gate. One of the nine gates that led from the court of the Gentiles into the, into the temple. He laid there every day begging alms. But Peter said, I have something better for you. I want to give you some truths here from Acts chapter number 3 this morning. And just want to be a help, be an encouragement. Let me say this, if you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that if death were to take you today that heaven would be your home, you can know that before you leave today. You say, Pastor, I don't think anybody can know that. Well, the Bible tells us different. The Bible says that we can know that we have eternal life. By the way, how long is eternal? How long is eternity everlasting? How long is that? Okay, let me ask you again. We, we, we've asked this question many times recently. Can God lie? He cannot. It's not in His nature. He cannot lie. The Bible tells us that He is, he is not a man that He should lie. God cannot lie. So when God says in John chapter 3 verse number 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever anybody believeth in Him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. If God says that, excuse me, said that, is it true? Absolutely. So when a person places his faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, in the blood of Christ, he has everlasting life. Can't lose it. It's not going to go away. He has everlasting life. So based on the Word of God, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, and if you're here this morning and if, if the thought of death grips your heart and you're not sure whether you would go to heaven or hell, if you don't know that today, you can know that. Not based upon me and not necessarily based upon uh, our church, but based upon what the Word of God tells and what the Word of God preaches. Number one, let me give you this this morning. First of all, I want us to see the lessons from the lame. The lessons from the lame. What does the lame man teach us this morning? The Bible says in verse number two, And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. This lame man is a picture a spiritual picture of mankind, of humanity. And the Bible says that he was lame from his mother's womb. And the Bible says was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which he called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. We see the lessons from the lame. What are the lessons from the lame? First of all, it is a lesson of humanity's 
helplessness. It is a lesson of humanity's helplessness. This man had to be carried every day. He had to be laid at the gate so that other people could take care of him. That is a a spiritual picture of the helplessness of humanity. The helplessness of every man, woman, boy and girl, everyone who has ever been born on this earth. We were born as sinners. We sin because it's our nature and we sin by choice. We are a helpless people. Teaches us the lesson of humanity's helplessness, but secondly, it teaches us the lesson of humanity's hopelessness. The Bible says again in verse number 2, it says, from his mother's womb. And we come forth from the womb, hopeless individuals, in and of ourselves, in our flesh. You might be here today and you might say, well, you know, I was born into a rich family so I wasn't hopeless. Well, maybe financially you weren't hopeless, but spiritually you were still hopeless. Without Christ, we're all hopeless. And the picture, the illustration, the lesson of the lame man in Acts chapter number 3 is very, very simple. It teaches us the spiritual truths that every single one of us, that humanity is helpless and hopeless apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all of us. Doesn't matter our last name. Sometimes we take great stock in our names, and, and I do. I'm thankful for my name. I'm thankful for my dad, and thankful for my spiritual heritage, and thankful for my granddad. I'm thankful for all of that. I'm thankful for the smart name. Okay, I'm not ashamed of it. And I hope you're thankful for your name today. But listen, that name carries no weight with God. When it comes to the matter of salvation, that name carries no weight. Pastor, how do you know that? Because the passage that we're in, Acts chapter number 3, and especially Acts chapter number 4, right here in Acts chapter number 3 and verse number 6, it tells us that there's only one name that matters. It's not the smart name or any other last name that we can mention in here tonight or this morning. It's not the fry name. Okay, it's not, a, it's not our name. There's one name that matters. In verse number 6, Peter said, Look, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Well, listen, my dad was a pastor, my granddad was a pastor, and we have a good name in the community. I'm glad you ought to. I meet people in our community all the time, and, and, and they say, Hey, I think this individual goes to your church. Boy, that's a good man. And I'm like, Yeah, that's a good man. I agree. There's only one name that matters. That's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, specifically in verse number 6, He says, but such as I have, give I thee. Look at this, notice this. In the name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth specific, they would have known who this individual was. Rise up and walk. Number one, we see the lessons from the lame. It is a lesson of humanity's helplessness. It is a lesson of humanity's hopelessness. Number two, I want us to see the priorities of the preachers. The priorities of the preachers. Notice verse number 1 of Acts chapter number 3. Two priorities that we find here. Number 1, the priority of prayer. Number 2, the priority of their purpose. It was a divine purpose to be a witness to the world. The priority of prayer. Verse number 1, notice this. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Being the ninth hour. That was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The ninth hour. They started their day at 6 o'clock. So at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they're going to the temple for prayer because it was the hour of prayer. The priority of their purpose, one of their priorities was prayer. Take your Bibles and drop back, if you would, to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1. The priority of prayer. 
Prayer is one of the greatest, if not the greatest resource that the Christian has, but it's one of the most neglected in all of our lives. Acts chapter number 1, notice verse number 12. Because here's the truth, without prayer we don't have any power. Without prayer we don't have His presence. If we want to have power, if we want to have His presence, we need to spend time in His presence. Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 12, the Bible says, Then return they, remember, when Christ left, they were, they, were, they were to stay at Jerusalem. They weren't to rush ahead without any power. They were to stay until they received the Holy Ghost. Why hadn't they received the Holy Ghost yet? Because Christ was still with them. Christ was still there. They, they didn't need the Holy Ghost yet, but Christ said, Look, when I go back, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost. And so when Christ ascended into heaven, then who came? The Holy Ghost. And He said, You are to wait until you receive the Holy Ghost because you don't have any power without Him. And in verse number 12, the Bible says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotus and Judas the brother of James. Now notice verse number 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. We find out later that there were 120 individuals there praying. How, how long they pray? Approximately 10 days. They're praying and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. They're, they're praying and they're waiting for that power. Listen, what was, what was their priority? It, the priority wasn't just here while they're waiting on the Holy Ghost. The priority, even in chapter number 3, after, by the way, sandwiched in between there, Acts chapter number 2, when they have Pentecost, the, the, the great day and many are added to the church and many are continued to be added to the church even after the day of Pentecost. And in chapter number 3, where are they going? Peter and John, they're going to the temple for prayer because it's a priority. Now let me ask you, let me ask you a question. How many of you are busy? Oh, really? Really? Yeah, about four people raised their hands. So, Y'all can't give me that excuse anymore. Because you didn't raise your hand. I gave you the opportunity. So let me ask you again. How many of you are busy? I'm marking down the ones that are saying they're not busy. Because we got stuff to do. Hey, we're busy, aren't we? Well, we have all these things that, that have been created to supposedly make our lives easier. You know what it really does? It just gives us more to do, doesn't it? Because we supposedly think we have more time, it gives us more to do. Listen, we're all busy, but I'll tell you this. You're never, ever, ever too busy to pray. Because you'll never get everything you need to get done without prayer. Because you won't have the power to do it. Prayer. 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 Let me, let me ask you this morning. Do you have a private place where you pray every day? You have a private place where you pray every day. Oh, it may be your car. Maybe that's your private place. You pray every day from 7 o'clock to 7.30 when you head to work or whatever. That's your private place. Of I, I don't know. But do you have a place where you pray? Maybe it's, just a, maybe it's just a chair in your living room. Maybe that's where you pray. Maybe that's where you spend your quiet time. Quiet time. Your time with the Lord. Your time in the Word. Listen... What are the things that the modern day church is missing? And I believe the main thing or the main reason why we're missing it 
is because of the lack of prayer. The thing we're missing is power. It's not money. When I was a, when I was a little boy back in the, in the late 70s, man, churches were, were, were being started, and most of them were being started in little storefronts. Because they didn't have a lot of money. I mean, they had to take up an offering to get offering plates. They didn't have any money. They, they didn't have nice pews. and I mean, they're sitting on metal chairs. and well, We have money now. But you know what they had back then? They had power. We say, Pastor, why don't we have it today? Because we still serve the same God. We still have the same Holy Spirit abiding within us. Why don't we have the power? I believe it's because we don't pray. We don't pray enough. Not that we don't pray at all. We still pray enough. The apostles, these 120 individuals in Acts chapter number 1, they're there, they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. They're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Now, by the way, we have the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But how much of the Holy Spirit, when I don't pray, then I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to have control. And the difference is, not that I don't have the Holy Spirit, I have it. I just don't give Him very much control. I give the flesh all the control. And when I don't pray, and when I begin my day, and I don't pray, and I don't spend time with the Lord, I don't even think about the Lord when I start my day. Listen, who am I giving priority? I'm giving self priority. I'm giving the flesh priority. Okay, so what's going to win that day? The spirit or the flesh? The flesh. I need to be led by the spirit every, every moment of the day. Number one, the priority of prayer. But number two, the priority of their purpose. They had a divine purpose to be witnesses to the world. Look back at chapter number three again, verse four. They're going in to pray. But Peter, he sees this lame man in verse number 4. Notice this. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. You know what Peter's doing? He's getting his attention. How many people were there in, in, in that crowd? I don't know. But they're going into the temple. And no doubt there was a, there was a crowd. And Peter, he sees this lame man. And he probably prompted by the Holy Spirit. And he, he looks at him and he says, Look on us. Why? Because we're something great. No! I don't even have any silver or gold to give you. But look on us because we have something that's better for you than silver and gold. Look on us. Take the moment. Take the time. Fix your attention upon us because they had a great purpose. And the purpose was to give this man the gospel. And by the way, when they said look on us, what they wanted him to do, they wanted him to see Jesus. Not to see them. Not to see Peter and John. But to see Jesus. They want to point him to Jesus. The priority of the purpose. He said look on us. They had that which money could not buy. They wanted him to see Jesus. But let me say this. Our first response to anything should never be to throw money at a problem. That should never be our first response. But our first response should be to give someone that which we have, which is Jesus Christ, to give them which will, that which will eternally satisfy them. Many times today when we have disaster or, or different things in our communities or in our country, first thing we want to do is throw money at it. 
that's not the first thing we ought to throw at it. The first thing we ought to throw at it is the gospel. Well, pastor, they need food. I get all that. But they need the gospel. See, throwing money at things makes us feel better. Because, hey, we helped. Buying a case of water, that makes us feel better because we helped. Giving a $100 bill, that makes us feel better because we helped. But when we do that, here's what we're doing. If we do that without giving the gospel, here's what we're doing. We're making the world a better place from which to go to hell. We made their life a little bit better. We eased their pain a little bit physically. We we put $100 in their wallet. But if I didn't give them the gospel and if they're lost and without Christ, I've just made their life, their world, a little bit better from which to go to hell. See what I'm saying? Does that make sense? So money should never be the first thing I throw at something, at a problem. It's the gospel, it's the word of God ought to be the first thing that I throw at anything. How do you know that, Pastor? Because that's what Peter and John did. Did this man have needs? Answer, did he have needs? Absolutely. He has been lame from his mother's womb. He's laid there. He's carried and laid every day at the gate called beautiful. He has needs. He has physical needs. He has financial needs. But he had a need that was greater than that. He had an eternal need. That was the need of Jesus Christ. That was the need of the salvation of his soul, the forgiveness of his sins. The priorities of the preachers, they had the priority of prayer. They had the priority of their purpose. And what somebody needs more than a $100 bill is they need the gospel. What somebody needs more than a meal, although giving the meal may be a tool from which to give the gospel, I understand that. But more than they need that, they need the gospel. And if I give them a meal, I need to give them the gospel with it. If I give them a $100 bill, I need to give them the gospel with it. He says, but such as I have, give I thee. Because here's the thing, he didn't give them any silver and gold. But he gave them Jesus Christ, made his body whole, now he can go work. Now he can go make a living. That's better than a little silver and gold in in the bucket. But even greater than that, the Bible says that this man was made whole. That means inside and outside. This man was eternally made whole. We have something to give people that is better than money. Now, I'm not saying today, and I know people, you're just hard. No, no, no. I'm not saying we ought not help people. But I'm saying we don't help them perfectly if we don't give them the gospel. Because that is the purpose for which He's left us here. is to give the gospel. It's to tell people about Christ. Because here's the truth, and you know it as well as I do. We live in a world of hopeless people. Hopeless. Brother Rick and I met a young man yesterday. I mentioned him, I mentioned him in prayer this morning so we could pray for him. But Brother Rick and I met a young man yesterday, 26 years old, single, no job. Just live, but he's living by himself. Just hopeless. Doesn't know what he believes. Doesn't know if he believes anything. I made the comment to him. We stood on his porch for about 10 minutes and talking to him. And I made the comment to him. I said, Jacob, I said, I don't think God sent us here today by mistake. We're here for a reason. 
We're here to give you the gospel. Because I don't think it's a mistake. I, I believe he brought us here for a purpose. You know what he said? He said, you know what he said? I was just thinking about that this morning. I was just thinking this morning that I need somebody to help me to get direction in my life. And I told him, I said, well, we're here. I said, can we come in? And he said, no. <laughs> he, said, he said, not today. I said, well, we're going to come back. He said, okay. I said, we're going to come back. And Brother Rick said, we're not the law either. We're, not, we're just going to come back and help. But you know, that, the, our world is full of people like that. That's just one. Our world is full of people like that. They don't have any direction. They're hopeless. And the only reason is because they don't have Christ. See, many of us in here today, I say many of us, not all of us, but many of us in here today, we've grown up in church. We've grown up under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. We've grown up under, under, under pastors and good Sunday school teachers. We've grown up even in, in Christian schools. And we know the Word of God and we know who Christ is. And we know that He's the answer for our needs. We know that. But not everybody in this world knows that. The vast majority of people in this world don't know that. The priorities of the preachers, the priority of prayer, the priority of their purpose. Number one, we see the lessons from the, excuse me, from the lame. Number two, we see the priorities of the preachers. And number three, and we'll end here this morning. Number three, and this is the crux. This is the most important part of the whole passage. Number three, we see the necessity of the name. The necessity of the name. Verse number 6. And Peter says, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. By the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I'm thankful. First place he went is the temple. You tell people about Christ, and sometimes you get them to, to, to pray, and, and you don't ever see them anymore. Was it real? I don't know. Only God can answer that. But this man, the first place he went was to the temple. And by the way, notice how he went in. How did he go in? When in walking, because he, he'd never done that before, what else did the Bible said? Leaping and praising God. Number three, the necessity of the name. Why is it necessary? First of all, His name gives us strength by which we walk. His name gives us the strength by which we walk physically and spiritually. For this man, it was physical and spiritual. For us in here this morning, it would be spiritual. His name gives us the strength by which we walk. If you're going to walk through this life as a Christian every day, you need the strength of God. You need the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 10. It is my strength. His name gives the strength by which we walk. But secondly, most importantly, His name gives the salvation by which we are made whole. His name gives us the strength by which we walk. But most importantly, His name gives us the salvation by which we are made whole. Look down, if you will. Let's read verse number 12. Look at verse number 12. In verses uh, 9, 10, and 11, the people are astonished. 
They, they knew who this man was. He's lame. He's never walked before. And now he's leaping. He's praising God. The Bible says they're astonished and amazed. In verse number 12, when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness, we had made this man to walk. Don't look at us. We didn't do anything. It's not our power that made this man to walk. Not our strength that made him walk. Verse 13, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified His Son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate when He was determined to let Him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Isn't that Acts 1.8? Verse 16, and His, what? What's the word there? Name. And His name, the name of Jesus Christ and His name, through faith in His name. Some might say, well, no, Pastor, the lame man, he just got physical healing. No, no, no. The Bible says that he had faith. And the Bible says in verse 16, and His name, speaking about Christ, through faith in His name, hath made this man Strong, whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Look at chapter number 4. Chapter number 4 and verse number 10. Now, boy, Peter continues. And Peter's preaching. Peter's telling them about Christ. And Peter's... He's just... He's laying the wood to them. Because he's saying, look, you're the one that killed him. Now look, we, we know nobody killed him. He voluntarily gave his life. But Peter's like, you're the one that condemned him. Pilate wanted to let him go. You're the one that condemned him. And then he gets down in chapter number 4, verse number 10. He says, Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, by, excuse me, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Listen, it's not by my name. It's not by the name of Smart. It's not by the name of Maranatha Baptist Church. I'm thankful to be a Baptist. I'm a Baptist for a reason. But it's not because of Maranatha Baptist Church that I'm saved. It's by one name. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, not, not how good you are and not your name and the good name that you have in the community, it's by the name of Jesus Christ. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Brother Rick and I met another man yesterday and we ask him, same question we asked Jacob, but we ask him, he was, he was older than Jacob, he was a, a retired gentleman. And we ask him, look, if, if death were to take you today, you know you're going to heaven. And he said, well, I'm, I'm not sure about that. And I asked him, I said, well, has there ever been a time you've been saved? Ever been a time you've called upon the Lord to save you? He said, yeah, I did that when I was, when I was a young man. He said, I asked the Lord to save me. So Brother Ring and I, we walked him through what the Word of God says. Some of the same things I mentioned just at the beginning. Is God a liar? No. Does He say that we have everlasting life? Yes. How, how long is everlasting? Well, it's everlasting. And for about 20 minutes, we walked through the Word and what the Bible says about everlasting life, what the Bible says about the blood of Christ, what the Bible says about Christ. And I told him, I said, listen, every religion that has ever been known is propagated on two words. Christianity is propagated on one word. 
It's the word done. All of the other religions propagate the word do. You have to do this, 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 you have to do this. And then maybe, just maybe, you might get to heaven. That's all the other religions. Buddhism, Hinduism, any other religion you want to throw in there. But Christianity... Now I know a lot lot of so-called Christian churches get it wrong too. But true Christianity, Jesus Christ on the cross said, It is finished. Jesus Christ paid it all. There's nothing I can add to it. Well, Pastor, I put a lot of money in the offering plate. That ought to count for something. Yeah, you're just being obedient to God. You're just being obedient to the tithes and the offerings. That doesn't merit anything as far as my salvation. The only thing that merits my salvation is the blood of Christ and the righteousness that He places on me at the moment of salvation. And we walk through all of that, and at the end I ask him, I said, so let me ask you the question again. If you were to die today, do you know that you're going to heaven? He said, yeah, I do. He said, because I've been, I've been putting my faith, or I've been putting the continuance of my salvation, I've been putting it upon me. He said, and what you've showed me from the Word, I know that when I got saved, I got saved. And it's not about what I do now. See, we get this idea, if I'm not complete, and I'm... We met some people yesterday. We met a guy. He, he, he said he believed he was saved. He said, but I believe if I'm not right with the Lord when He comes back, I'm not going. Well, then, and he mentioned the word. He, he said, I have a lot of a thing. He said, I have a lot of things to atone for. I said, well, wait a minute. I said, who's the atonement? He said, well, Jesus Christ. I said, right there, that's it. You're not. The blood of Christ is the atonement. The blood of Christ covers our sin. And it doesn't just cover, it washes away, it cleanses, it forgives. And it's the name of Jesus that gives us the salvation by which we are made whole. He says in chapter 4 verse 10, He says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucify, whom God raised from the dead, even by Him doth this man stand here before you. Notice the word, whole. Inside and out, complete, complete an integer, whole. This is the stone, verse 11, which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Whether it's the name of a person or whether it's the name of an institution, the Bible says there is no other name. No name. Neither is there any name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's one name. Hey, we have something better for you. And dear friend, I come to us this morning as... Maranatha Baptist Church and church members. I know everybody this, here this morning may not be a member here at Maranatha, but if you are, listen, we, we have a divine purpose. And because of that, we have to keep our hands to the plow. Because we have something better for them than this world could ever offer. We have something better than silver and gold. We have something that will satisfy not just temporarily, not just for the 70, 80, 90 years that they're here upon this earth, but will satisfy Eternity, the lessons from the lame. Humanity is hopeless. Humanity is helpless. The priorities of the preachers, they had a priority of prayer. 
They had the priority of their purpose, that divine purpose, being witnesses to the world. The necessity of the name. If you're trusting this morning in anything other than the name of Jesus Christ and His shed blood, you're trusting in the wrong thing. If I'm trusting in anything other than the shed blood of Christ and the name of Jesus Christ, I'm in trouble. I'm trusting in the wrong thing. Because it's not my name. It's not the smart name. It's not Maranatha Baptist. It's Jesus Christ. That's the name we trust in. If you've never done that, I beg you this morning. Listen, that lame man, whoo! Did he have any idea what was in store for him that day? Notice again, and we're done. We're done. Notice verse number five. And he gave heed unto them, expecting, expecting to receive something of them. He expected silver and gold, didn't he? Oh, but he got something much better, didn't he? You think he expected that when he woke up that morning? You think he had heard about Jesus Christ? I think he probably had, a, he had heard about Jesus. But I don't think he expected what he got that day. And the Bible says he, Peter lifted him up and he went walking and leaping and praising God. Christian, we have something better. We have something better. And the world needs it. We have something better than TikTok. If you, hey, if you ever watch that stuff, God help you. Don't watch that stuff. We have something better than Facebook. We have something better than McDonald's. It doesn't take much to be better than McDonald's. But boy, we've got something better, don't we? Hands to the plow because we have a divine purpose. Father, thank you for the time this morning. Father, I pray if there's one here without Christ, Lord, I pray. Lord, don't, don't, don't allow anything to hinder them from stepping out and walking an aisle this morning, placing their faith and trust in the finished work of Christ today. Father, for us as believers, oh, what, a, what, what an example this lame man is to us. He went walking and leaping and praising your name as he went into the temple. God, help that to be our spirit. God, help us to have a spirit of praise, a spirit of of leaping, of excitement. Not only when we come to, to your house, but every day that we get to live for you because we have something better. Lord, help us in the invitation, Lord. I, I don't know hearts, but Lord, if your Holy Spirit is dealt, I pray that folks will move. And we'll surely thank you for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed if you're physically able. If you'll stand with me, heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Joe's at the piano. Invitation's already been given. If you're here without Christ, you need to come today. If you're here with Christ, you ought to praise His name today. The piano's going to play. If you need to come, I'd encourage you to come. Do you know Christ? Are you sure if death were to take you today, are you confident? Are you confident that heaven would be your home? The Bible says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That is true for the person who knows Christ. Do you know that this morning? Once for all, the song says. I've been studying through the book of Hebrews. Once for all. He did it once. He went, he died, he took that blood and entered in once into the holy place, the holy of holies in heaven and sprinkled that blood on the mercy seat. And he did that for us. Has that blood ever been applied to your life? Oh, Pastor, I'm just not ready to get saved. I, you know, I don't want to give up the life that I'm living. 
Christ will give you life that's much better than you're living right now. He gives you everything better than what the world of flesh and the devil gives us, what the world of flesh and the devil offer. He gives us so much better. Dear friend, are you ready for eternity? How long is eternity? It's forever. We know that. Are you ready for it? God gives us time right now to be ready for eternity. And every single one of us, every single person that's ever been born, will spend eternity either in one of two places, the glories of heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ, or the torments of hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels. But anyone who rejects Christ will go there. Are you ready for eternity?